To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is the second reading of the epistle for this morning for the third Sunday in Advent. You heard it read before in Philippians chapter 4. I recall just these words. Always be joyful in the Lord. I'll say it again. Be joyful. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who came as a babe in Bethlehem to die on a cross and to live again so that we might live forever, my beloved. Are you ready? Get ready. Are you ready? This is the day the Lord has made. We will and you were ready. Uh, we've used that, uh, those words, that phrase from Psalm 118 uh, just about every uh, Sunday morning. Sometimes we change for Lent or Easter. Um, I've sort of changed the words, too. Those of you who are really astute in your Bible, you know that the words actually are let us rejoice and be glad again. It's sort of an invitation. But I change it to, we will rejoice and be glad. Stating uh, our intentions, not just an invitation. You know, every time we say those words, two truths are being reinforced. First of all, God made this day, this present moment, He's creator, he, this, he is the creator of time. He is the creator of this time. He's in control of it. And secondly, our response is twofold. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will rejoice, we will be joyful, and we will be glad, we will be happy. Now today on this uh, third Sunday in Advent, as it always is, the theme is joy. And once again, we want to uh, review exactly the, uh, what joy is and what happiness is. Because even though they're related, joy and happiness are completely different. And if you don't understand that, then you can't really enjoy life as God meant it to be. So let's review once again briefly. The opposite of happiness is sadness. The opposite of joy is desperation. Happiness is temporal. Joy is eternal. One of the members of our Tuesday morning Bible class said, happiness is like this. Joy is like this. Happiness is emotional. Joy is spiritual. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is an attitude. Happiness can come to anyone. Joy is only given to believers in Jesus Christ as he calls them to be his children. 
Happiness is always based on our temporal circumstances or surroundings. Joy is based on God's eternal promises. Some examples. Listen carefully. Happiness with no joy is an unbeliever having a good day. Sadness with no joy is an unbeliever having a bad day. Happiness with joy is a believer having a good day. Sadness with joy is a believer probably singing hymns at the funeral of a loved one. Sadness with joy, or maybe even depression with joy, is a picture on the front cover of the bulletin, John the Baptist in prison. Sadness or depression with joy is St. Paul in prison because he confessed his faith in Jesus. And he was writing those words that we're talking about this morning while he was in prison. Rejoice, be joyful in the Lord. Now, would you turn your attention uh, for a moment to page two of your bulletin? Take out page two of your bulletin. Because I have looked far and wide, and I cannot find a better definition for joy than the one that was uh, written by uh, Kay Warren, the husband of Rick Warren. He he wrote The Purpose uh, Driven Life, Purpose Driven Church. I'd like to have you say that along with me, would you? Joy is the settled assurance that God is control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in all things. You know, she actually took, there's, there's actually three phrases in there. The settled assurance, the quiet confidence, and the determined choice. And she took that from Scripture, those three little phrases. First of all, from Psalm 115, uh, the settled assurance that God is in control. Psalm 115, our God is in heaven. He does whatever He wants. Then she took from Jeremiah 29, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And the last little phrase, and the determined choice to praise God in all things. From Job, when he said, Though the Lord slay me, yet I will trust in him. Kay Warren also uh, quoted uh, Jeremiah 2, verse 13. With an, for an illustration, she said, uh, Jeremiah 2, verse 13 says, My people have done two things wrong. They have abandoned me, the fountain of life-giving water. They have also dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. The illustration that she takes from that Bible verse is this. You're walking along in the desert. And there's nothing around you but sand, and it's hot, and you're just about ready to die. And along comes the Lord and offers you a drink of 
beautiful, cold spring water. Drink and live. And instead you say no, and you take a shovel and you start digging in the sand until water fills in the hole there, and then you drink the dirty water knowing that uh, the hole eventually is going to collapse in on itself. So many times we go searching for joy in the wrong places. We try to find joy in God's created things like money or important people or the right house or the right car, the right job. I always say people, possessions, property, places, personality and self-improvement. And we chase after those things day after day. All the while, our Heavenly Father holds out the glass of sparkling spring cool water and says, drink and live. You you see, we take joy out of life, living with the regrets of our past and the worries of our future, rather than concentrating on the present. God says, this is the day the Lord has made. I didn't tell my wife, but I took a picture off our wall. One of my favorite pictures on here is a picture, you can come up and look at it later, of a little kid. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. Uh, Must be maybe two, three years old, maybe four, on a tricycle, tooling along in the rain with a yellow raincoat on and wearing sunglass goggles. And the the, uh, subscription uh, underneath says, uh, Children have neither past nor future. They enjoy the present, which very few of us do. Living with regrets of the past, worries about the future, rather than concentrating on the present, this is the day the Lord has made. And by the way, if you happen to be a person this morning in the middle of Advent looking forward to Christmas and you are a person with joy but at the same time filled with sadness, let me assure you that you are not alone. Our Savior suffered Judas' betrayal and Peter's denial and the soldiers' ridicule and the Pharisees' punches and Pilate's cowardice, and the soldier's nails. And Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, we must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him. So he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. Then he received the highest position in heaven, the one next to the throne of God. He saw the joy ahead of him. What's the joy? You are the joy for which he was willing to undergo disgrace. Also in the, in the uh, section from Zephaniah, the prophet this morning, it says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. You see, when you are a person of joy, a believer in Jesus Christ, God's heart is filled with joy for you. It 
in the midst of Jesus' suffering, he still had that subtle assurance that his father was in control of all the details, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything was going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in all things, not my will, but yours be done, Heavenly Father. We ask the question, well, how and why can we have joy? St. Paul answers it for us this morning. The Lord is near. He was along your bedside this last night when you slept. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of you. He's near. He's coming very soon to release us from all of our problems. And he says, hold on. He's near with us today. In, with, and under the bread and wine, his real presence. Just think of that. All of the Christ comes into you with his body and his blood. Miraculously, mysteriously, for the forgiveness of sins. He comes to us predictably. He come to, comes to us in promised and proven ways. And sometimes he comes to us so unpredictably. Did you ever have one of those things of your life where you say, Oh, this had to be a coincidence. I stopped saying that. I said, this is a God thing. Why would this have happened? It's a God thing. Another blessing in your day. God shows up for us. He's going to show up for us this morning in the Lord's Supper. He shows up for us every day. Which means that whatever is happening or whatever will happen to us, we're always operating from a position of strength because the Lord is near. So what are you going to do this coming week, um, this last week before Christmas? Are you getting excited? Or are you filled with dread? Or are you hoping that it will be over quickly? And what are you going to do? Some online shopping? Some shopping in the malls? Hanging up Christmas decorations? No matter what your emotions are, the kids are going to say, we can't wait, we can't wait. You see, this is the time of year when human e emotions run the entire gamut from de depression to exhilaration and everything in between. Get a new toy. We got some toys and packages for our grandkids. All new toy, happy. Toy breaks, sad. Loss of a loved one this past year. Sadness for Christmas. But everyone wants to be happy. You're supposed to be happy because this is a time where you're supposed to be happy. So will this Christmas this year be a time of happiness for you? Well, it all depends on your circumstances. Maybe, maybe not. But I can guarantee this. That no matter what your Christmas happiness may be, it's only going to be temporary, this side of eternity. It may last for 24 hours, or until the toy breaks, or until the batteries run out, or until the bills come. But I can also guarantee you that joy is right now, and it will last forever. And you can't go searching for it. 
because it comes to you as a special gift of God through faith in Jesus Christ, born for you in a manger, hung for you on a cross, opens a grave and lives forever. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him. And so he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. Do have to mention one last thing. I mentioned uh, happiness, this side of eternity, you know, is temporary. But joy is eternal. But once you get to heaven, both happiness and joy are eternal forever. And so may God, the source of all hope, St. Paul says, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God granted for Jesus' sake in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed on page 6. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, or for, for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.